This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, March 24th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who is single-handedly keeping all hair jail companies in business right now, Jerem Jordan. Hair jail? Uh, at Lit Brigham. That's a handle. We can't lose BYUSN. The hair gel economy of the U.S. would collapse if Jerem Jordan had to go off air. It's called pomade, people. Pomade. What do you use, Spence? I use something called uh, shaping cream. Shaping Paul cream. Mitchell Tea Tree Shaping Oh, cream. that's uh, product placement. I just gave the generic name. <laughs> Interesting. I thought they had to pay for that. Interesting. Didn't CST, somebody call you that. Donald Trump Jr. Uh, just a little while back? Lee Kamard's father-in-law. <laughs> or was it his dad? I can't remember. Sorry, Lee. Um, at the WCC tournament, he texts Lee and he goes, are you talking to Donald Trump Jr. right now? <laughs> I was like, I look like him? Oh, okay. I'd like to have his bank account. Yeah, I'm super unique. I'm a, a white dude from Utah mm-hmm. who went to Brazona's mission, who's brown-haired, who graduated from BYU. I am extremely unique. But you do have some Mexican blood in you. I am. Well, I'm not Hispanic, but my mom grew up in Mexico. Okay. It's a nationality thing. People are like, you're Mexican? It's like... That's not a race. That's a nationality. Are you Spanish? Meaning from Spain? People get so confused about this stuff. I know. (laughs) I'm not Mexican in any way. I wish I was. You're one of a kind, and that's what matters most. Yeah, Mormon Colony, shout out. The Romney brothers, you know? (laughs) Gunner, Baylor, Tate coming in. My guy Tate. Yeah, excited. We're all styled up for a loaded Tuesday show. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake on the status of BYU football right now. With no spring ball happening, how will it impact preparations for the 2020 season? We feature our second matchup in the BYUSN best play of 2020 bracket. Who's moving on after matchup number one? And BYU women's golf coach Carrie Roberts on how to get her team better during this layoff. Plus, it's reckoning day where we were right and where we went wrong in our 2020 BYU basketball season projections. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. The 2020 Tokyo Olympic Summer Games officially postponed until 2021 amid the coronavirus pandemic. The Canadian Olympic Committee and the Canadian Paralympic Committee withdrew from the Games over the weekend. One of several dominoes to fall asking for the IOC to postpone. Well, the request has now been granted. And it won't go longer than the summer of 2021 in terms of uh, delay. And I don't see why it wouldn't go off next year, but uh, notables, Jared Ward trying to make it back in the marathon, Taylor Sander back from injury. He didn't play professionally last year in an attempt to come back and play volleyball for the uh, bronze medal winning USA the last time uh, in Rio. So, uh, yeah, Olympics postponed. You know what's... When the Olympics happen, July into August, you know what else is in August? Like football starts. So uh, let's hope we play. And like you mentioned, we'll ask Kalani Sataki about the season coming up. Micah Simon tweeted this morning, like 12 minutes ago, that he ran a 435 laser time 40 at the Atlet Sports Pro Day. 435, Spencer. That's what it said. That's real audio we got from Micah Simon. 
The Pro Day was filmed for scouts to view due to other Pro Days being postponed or canceled, including BYU's. Uh, BYU's was supposed to be this Friday. Simon also ran a 399 shuttle drill and a 667 uh, three cone drill. The 43540 is going to get him into camps. And the NFL, I think, is going to happen. That one just might be delayed. We'll see. It's kind of like when Colby Pearson ran his 439 or whatever it was. It got him into some camps, and now right. he's playing in, he the, XFL in the XFL. Yeah. Got him from team to team. So, congratulations to Micah Simon. He tweeted that all of the film will be sent to NFL teams. And again, specifically mentioned that these were laser time. So they're all going to see this. It's yeah. good news for Micah. What's weird is that they had film. I think that's the weirdest thing about this. What do you call it? What do we call it now? Like, we need a new no, I, word for kidding. film. Right? I know you kid, but like. No, it's, no. it's video. Is the generic. Did you watch? Because it's always. The hey, digital, did, you watch, did you watch the film? The digital recording? Yeah. Did, did, yeah. It's, did you watch I'm, the I video? Kid, yeah. Sadie Miner of BYU Women's Gymnastics, ranked 16th in the country, is the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Vault Specialist of the Year. She averaged, averaged a 9.85. She shares the honor with two other gymnasts. She would have been in contention to compete at the NCAA National Championships with an average score like that. Well done. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A scorching hot take from a BYU guy about another BYU guy. It only took a few simple sentences from former BYU and NFL linebacker Brady Papinga about New Orleans Saints Swiss Army Knife Taysom Hill to set a blaze in the sports realm of Twitter. Listen. Anytime you're comparing Taysom to a Heisman winner and reigning NFL MVP, it's going to catch some attention. To Uh, quote Papinga, I literally look at Lamar Jackson as he's the poor man's Taysom Hill. It's not the other way around. End quote. Brady Papinga to our friends at ESPN 960 and Ben Criddle. Jerem, what are your thoughts on Mr. Papinga's comments about Taysom Hill. Listen, we all love Taysom Hill. He's our guy, right? He's our guy. We love Taysom Hill. Brady loves Taysom Hill. But this is a terrible take. This is one of the worst takes I've ever heard. And this is from a guy who has some bad takes. Okay? Physically amazing. We love what Taysom Hill's been able to do. He is overachieved by just playing in the NFL. Right? Undrafted quarterback, but able to make an impact. Every Every... Casual NFL fan knows his name. He has been an unbelievable story, okay? But this take is so bad. I want to use someone else's tweet for a reference here. At fan underscore perspective gives great insight. You ready for this? Lamar Jackson at age 22. Heisman Trophy. He already has Taysom on that one, by the way. NFL MVP, NFL All-Pro. Threw for 3K, plus ran for 1K, 40 touchdowns, college football and NFL multiple seasons, first-round pick. Taysom Hill is unique. He's not Lamar Jackson. Are we thinking that, wait, is Brady thinking that Taysom Hill will be the NFL MVP at some point? Wouldn't he have to equal that? If, if the, Poor man's? These comments would poor suggest man's. that he believes Taysom Hill is capable of doing all of the things that you just referenced. Well, it can't be the Heisman. At least at the NFL level. Yeah. Okay, so Taysom Hill at 29. He'll be 30 to start the season, by the way. He'll be the second-string quarterback for the first time in his life. He's been the third string for several years. Versatile special teamer, H-back, tight end, receiver, running back, quarterback. 13 career pass attempts, six completions, zero touchdown, 
throws didn't start at quarterback till he didn't start when Breeze got hurt. It was Teddy Bridgewater undrafted. We love Taysom Hill. We know he's unique, but his value is in his utility. Like we talked about yesterday. It's not in his actual quarterback production. He hasn't had much of a chance. And I, that's what Brady's alluding to. Hey, when he gets chance, you're going to be surprised. But Brady Papinga has, has ruined the idea the surprise of Taysom Hill as a quarterback. Let him grow into it. What in the world? This Just is let him grow into this it. Is, this is up there with Ed Lamb's take on Joe Critchlow, saying he could be one of the greats. Like obviously, Ed was talking to a Cedar City Dixie crowd. Uh, had he had been at Southern Utah, he was giving confidence to a guy he had recruited, and perhaps he didn't even mean for that to get out. We'd say things in a certain group that we don't mean to be for everybody. Brady Papinga meant this to be out on Taysom Hill. This is a terrible take, and we love Taysom Hill. He ain't going to be Lamar Jackson. What? Let me put this in a Hollywood perspective for you. This is like saying Chris Hemsworth is, well, let me, let me rephrase it. A poor man's Kirby Hayborn, Le- and we love Kirby. Leonardo DiCaprio is a poor man's Chris Hemsworth, or Tom Hanks is a poor man's Adam Driver. No, no, no. Give me, like, a guy that hasn't done a ton yet. That's not in the scene. Those guys are established good guys. They're B-listers. Compared Who? Adam to- Driver? Adam Driver is a B-list celebrity. Yes. Not after Marriage he's Story. Ky- he's Kylo Not Ren. after Star Wars. Not a- no, he's like Is he Leonardo DiCaprio? No. My no. point is... Taysom Hill is- isn't Chris Hemsworth. Not even close. Okay, Chris Hemsworth. The point is winning awards. Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks have both received All- numerous... Glorious awards. Those other guys, everybody knows them. They're fun. They haven't won anything. They haven't won anything. Lamar Jackson is the NFL MVP. He's proven himself at the highest level. So while we argue semantics on who the comparison should be, the point is allow Taysom Hill to grow into something before you go off and say he's better than Lamar Jackson. Stop it. Stop it. No, that's – if Brady Papinga was trying to make headlines, he did a good job because here we are talking about it. But it was so crazy, and I want to get Brady on to talk about it, right? Because this, this is the most insane take I've heard in a long time, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Taysom Hill's going to have more stats as he plays, right? But right now he has as many tackles as pass attempts in the NFL. He is, And maybe this plays into Brady's idea, right? He has not had a legit chance to be a quarterback. And will he? Which brings us to topic two. So what's the ceiling for Taysom Hill? He's close to it right now based on his NFL popularity. The only way it gets better is if Taysom Hill becomes a starting quarterback somewhere and takes his team to the playoffs and can put up notable numbers like Lamar Jackson. Taysom Hill's not going to run for 1,000 yards, but he could pass for 3,000 yards given the right opportunity if he's the starting quarterback for 17 games in a regular season. Let's just get to that point. Let's make Taysom Hill a starting quarterback somewhere and give him a full season to show what he's capable of doing before we're starting to compare him to the NFL MVP. Just let him have a shot, and then we'll see. So the ceiling right now for Taysom in popularity, he's close to it because he is so unique. Everybody knows Taysom Hill. He's unique. He does a lot of different things, and he has capitalized on his moment, which is fantastic. But the ceiling for him right now for me is just becoming a starting quarterback somewhere in the NFL and then see what happens. Don't crown him as better than the NFL MVP before he has started a game. He hasn't started a game. Just let him 
take a few steps before you say he's already won the marathon. Stop it. I didn't think anyone could have a higher opinion of Taysom Hill than Sean Payton. But Brady Papinga does. If Brady Papinga was the coach of the Saints, Taysom Hill would have started, not Teddy Bridgewater. I, I, I think I uh, am in the same camp with all BYU fans where we want to see Taysom Hill get a shot in the NFL. It ain't going to happen for at least a year unless Drew Brees gets hurt. And I love Drew Brees. You love Drew Brees. We don't want this guy to get hurt, right? Taysom Hill has done. Taysom Hill has been the best teammate of all time. He didn't pout and whine and complain and get relegated to the scout squad. He said, you know what? How can I help this team? And he did that. So I don't think we should put any undue pressure on Taysom to do anything crazy. Yes. Do we think he's better than Tebow athletically as a football player? Yes. I would say yes. Was Taysom Hill a better college player? No. Tim Tebow was in a good system. Tim Tebow won an NFL playoff game over the Steelers. Crazy, right? Do we think that Taysom Hill will get a chance to get to a playoff game and win there? I could see that happening. Like, what's the ceiling? I don't know. And I don't really want to declare what someone's capable and not capable of. Who am I to decide that? You know what I mean? (laughs) But I would love to see, like all of us who are watching this program, Taysom Hill get a shot in the NFL. It it ain't going to happen for a little while. Listen. But he's – and he's 30 – I think he's going to have an NFL career till probably his mid-30s or something. And I, I hope that he doesn't have what happened at BYU, which was with a lot of play and a lot of running. I think he's become smarter over the years. It's hard to prevent an injury. Some are random, right? Some are perhaps preventable. That, that would be the worst thing is that if Taysom Hill started at quarterback and then he got hurt again, you know, knock on wood. I, I want to see him get a chance. But I think he's maintained health because he's been smart about how he's been used. How about this comparison? Ty Detmer is a poor man's Baylor Romney. Yes. Ba- yes, Baylor, we've just seen an, just a li- – like, that is an insane take, right, if you actually meant that. And you don't because you're not insane. You're insane on some things, but not this. But not this. Uh, just give him a shot. Just give him a shot. Like, make him a starting quarterback, let him do his thing, and then assess. Don't crown him. Don't make him the NFL MVP. Yeah, who was it? Who was it? Denny uh, Green? Oh, yeah. Dennis Green? You want to crown him? Then crown him. <laughs> yeah. Our question of the day. What is Taysom Hill's ceiling in the National Football League? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Our initial response from at CL underscore living on Twitter. The sky is the limit. A future headline is Hill rises to Swiss Alps with his knife sharp army of the Saints. Well, Michael Jordan said it best, didn't he? At North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the Dean Dome. The ceiling is the roof. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who has Michael Jordan become the last couple years, by the way? He's the crying meme, and he's the ceiling is the roof guy. Crazy. He's the literal guy. I was watching uh, 92 finals game one, by the way, yesterday. Jordan hit six threes in the first half, 35 points. Unbelievable. They dared Be- him to shoot the three. Beat my Blazers. Did. I was a nine-year-old kid crying about the Blazers losing at that point. Coming up, who won day one of the BYOSN best play bracket and what matchup is up today? Plus, BYU football head coach Kalani Satake on his Cougars status in the shutdown. How will it impact the 2020 season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen, brackets are popular right now. I'm not sure why. Oh, wait, it's March. We have the best play bracket from BYU Sports Nation, football versus basketball, top eight plays on each side. 
Uh, we'll continue the voting today. Vote.buatv.org. We'll tell you in the next segment who won yesterday's matchup. Mike Simon versus Tennessee against uh, Zach Selyus. Steel to Jake Toulson against Gonzaga. Plus the matchup today. It's coming up. Welcome back to Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Or should I call you a, a, poor, a, man's a poor man's Donald Trump Jr.? Poor man's Bob Costas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great stuff in the opening segment. If you didn't hear it, download the podcast. Joining us now for an outstanding second segment is the head football coach at BYU, Kalani Satake. Coach, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. All right. Uh, You heard the very end of our conversation uh, about Taysom Hill and comparisons and Hollywood actors. And uh, with no football happening right now, how often do you dive into Hollywood and all of these uh, social media storms? Um, I think that's a big part of what life's uh, going towards right now. You know, a lot of the uh, videos and challenges and things like that. And I think it's I've been really impressed with with uh, our community and with uh, Especially with the leaders in, on our in our church, our, our school, and our athletic department, and so uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. I think everyone's trying to stay positive and 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 be optimistic about everything, just like we're trying to do as as a football staff, you know. And uh, but I, I think the uh, comparisons are fun as long as they they don't attack individually and personally, and I think they'll be fine. Let's talk about um, Taysom Hill and what he's done in the NFL. You coached him as a mm-hmm. senior in your first year here. Um, what have you thought of what he's done in the NFL so far? Yeah, it just shows the, the type of young man that he is, just willing to do whatever's best with the team, whether it's being on kickoff, blocking punts, catching footballs, blocking, throwing the ball or running the ball. He, he'll do whatever it takes to win, and he's a super competitive person, a uh, great young man and, and a great teammate. You can see that he's already connected with Drew Brees and the rest of the team, and there's a reason why the Saints love him. You know, I, I just I know that his opportunity will come. I mean, there's there's great ones that have played here that have gone on and waited behind other great ones like Steve Young and waited his time and when he was given the opportunity made some big time things happen and I think uh, Taysom has the ability to do that just waiting for him to get that opportunity. At what point does he cross into young man to just regular man? He's going to be 30 in August. I think he was a regular man right out of the womb. I think he <laughs> probably had six pack and, and, and guns you know uh, but I, I I think it's impossible for that guy not to be in shape. And so uh, looking forward to the next 30 years where we can see him out of shape a little bit, like <laughs> what happens to all of us. But it's like the weirdest visual I've ever thought of in my life right there. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't surprise me if he still had six-pack you know, in, in his 50s, which isn't fair. Kalani Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation. We'll get to the notable layoff in just a moment. But I've been thinking a lot, because I've had a lot of time lately, about – the, the importance of senior stars in their respective sports. And I look at what BYU basketball did this year with veteran leadership, with seniors and TJ Haas and Jake Toulson, Yoli Child, Zach Selyus, Dalton Nixon. They were so loaded. When you came in, you took over a team that had some real senior stars with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. What is it about having experienced senior stars that just helps your program take that next step? I think it's a combination of things. I think that the fact that they're seniors, it's their last go around, you know, and uh, there's a huge sense of urgency coming from the seniors. And so um, knowing that it's their last time and they want to go out with a bang, they're, they're, they tend to uh, be at the front a lot more. Um, what we've started to see is that a lot of the guys that have experience are taking over that urgency, and, and the seniors done a great job, including from Taysom and Jamal and all those guys that were seniors before 2016. They've kind of set this um, the standard of uh, guys that have been on the field and have done things and, and really taken the initiative um, it helps to get guys coming back, like like Kyrus and, and Matt Bushman. But 
um, for the most part, I think the guys are starting to buy into uh, needing more of that leadership. Where we've struggled is guys that are not enough seniors on the team, but I think right now we, we've got a good number of seniors, but more importantly, we have a, a number of uh, young men that have played and been on the field and have that experience. And um, the more, the, the better for us. It's it's now keeping everyone healthy and, and making sure that we're ready to go and, and we're currently just focusing on the present right now and how we can um, make this still competitive advantage for us concerning, you know, as far as uh, responding to what we're dealing with right now. Regarding... Um what you are dealing with right now, and let's talk about it. There's a lot to discuss. Uh, so spring ball is uh, postponed, not likely to resume at this point, I would, I would think, right? Yeah, I, I think uh, right now we're just focused on, on day-to-day, you know, and, and um, uh, just what, we're, what we can do right now with school and, and with our academics being done remotely through Zoom and, and Skype and all those things, and then... Um, working with communicating with our players, you know, our, our position coaches, our daily contact with our, with our players, and uh, we're daily contact with our with our leaders. With uh, I talk to Tom Homo uh, a lot more now uh, on the phone, and we we had a great relationship and communicated really well before. But it just seems like the, there's more of a necessity to, for us to be in contact more, and and luckily we have all these uh, different resources that can get us to meet and and, and be around and, and talk without having the uh, be in person like I am here with you guys today. <laughs> Kalani Sataki on BYU Sports Nation. How do you effectively coach a team right now? What is your day-to-day like in terms of communicating with those guys and trying to keep them on course for what you hope is uh, the normal start to the 2020 season? Well, I think rallying around the, each other, that's been the, the, the positive thing about this is that I've seen some great things happen in, in Cougar Nation and in our community, you know, whether it's um, people supporting local businesses and, and helping them uh, continue to, to function or um, people with their families and spending more time with their families, doing different videos like TikTok and things like that and all these dance challenges. And, uh, and I think it's um, I've seen I've seen it in my own neighborhood, just just families really hanging out and spending time together. And and it's been um it's, it's a positive that I think could really help us. It, it gives our players a chance to go home and, and realize what's the most important thing in their life. And, and, and I think um, when things resume and things get back to where, where they're normal, I think they'll be a more committed uh, player and more committed to their goals, to their life, and and, trying, and not taking things for granted. So I, I think the, the sense of gratitude is there. And, and luckily we've been able to give been given that direction from our, you know, from our president to our athletic director. Tom Holmes done an amazing job at at instructing our coaches and, and all, the, all the coaches and, and uh, the assistants to um, what our specific mission is to our players is take care of themselves, take care of their families and, and each other. And that's been uh, a really cool rallying cry for everyone. And I've seen some really positive things from men, just really impressed by uh, just all the people, but more importantly, the, the, the Cougar Nation and just uh, love all of them. So it's been really fun. I knew that I loved my family and valued my health, but what I've learned during this period, too, is what role sports plays in my life. I knew I loved sports, too, and we don't have any of it. And now we kind of look ahead, and with the Olympics officially uh, you know, announcing yesterday and this morning, that this is the latest sporting event canceled now through August 9th. You know what else is in August? Fall camp. We were discussing yesterday, Kalani, we don't know the answer, but just the fear that I, obviously health is number one and, and all of that, right? But that the football season could be delayed, perhaps, or who know, who knows what happens at this point. What's the conversation like with you guys related to the football season? I think just focusing on the present and and when things change so much. I mean, 
you know, it changes hour to hour. And so trying to keep everyone focused on the positive and, and being optimistic about everything, but more importantly, focusing on today and, and what we can do to, to be a better person today and what we can do to be stronger, uh, whether it's spiritually, physically, mentally, whatever it could be, you know, and, and um, uh, just trying to keep the focus on that. I, I don't think uh, thinking about August would really help much right now when we're in March still. So uh, just trying to get that done and, and just been really, I, I said I've been impressed with a lot of the people, but I, I, I'm going to tell you I've been really impressed with our student-athletes and uh, you know the, the maturity that they, they have showed in this time, but it's been it's unprecedented, you know. So i uh, just really, really impressed with our players and just uh, thankful that I get, I get to coach them and be around those guys. Would you need a full month to be ready for the season, like as a football team? It, because we don't know when this is all going to clear up. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's sooner than later. Would you need a full month like you have with fall camp currently built in? I think if everyone has the same amount of time, then they just do with what, what you have. You know? And so uh, I know that we had some, uh, some spring practices, six of them, that other teams didn't even get to start spring. So uh, whatever allows us to be on the same level so that we all are on the same page and, and be given the same amount of time to get ready for a season, then that, that's fine with me. But uh, like I said before, that, that's further down the road right now, trying to focus on today and, and where things happen. So, and then, you know, it's crazy. We... we uh, getting work, getting some instruction how to practice social distancing and and then get struck with an earthquake for the, a lot of the people up north and and uh, so there, there's a lot of times where we can still rally around each other and, and show that we support each other and I've been really impressed so far with everything that's been going on. You face a number of unique challenges as the BYU football coach with missionaries being gone for two years and now in this pandemic you have a bunch of student athletes that are returning early. Uh, or maybe we'll be reassigned. And so the scholarship juggle gets even more complicated. How are you approaching that? And how is that going to affect uh, this season, assuming 2020 goes off in September? Well, even that, that I mean, we have 47 missionaries uh, serving and, and currently, and um, with the 85 that are on our team right now. So we we, uh, we know that there's some adjustments that need to be made and um, some missions, depending on, on how long they've served already, will be sent out again, uh, maybe to a, more of a local area, um, probably staying within the country. But, uh, again, we're still working with that. We, we've asked all our all our uh, recruits and then our, our return missionaries to be patient with us and, and understanding. And so far they've been great. You know, we've, we've going to keep the line of communication open with them and their families and our myself and our, our, our assistant coaches and, I have a lot of confidence that we'll get this figured out. It's always a difficult thing um, dealing with missionaries and the numbers, but uh, even now it, 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 it's nothing that we can't overcome. Whoever's running that spreadsheet's got to be really good, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's more than just me doing it too, so yeah. Okay, line 89, so-and-so's in Italy. Yeah, exactly. Um, was was there any big challenger to Harvey Unga, or was this an obvious choice? As the I, running backs coach, I think it was a, a pretty obvious choice from the beginning. But I, I, you know, even though it seemed like the the probably the best decision right away, I think it was important for us to take our time, make sure we do it the right way, and go through the process of the hiring, um, in, the, uh, in the process of hiring. And and uh, luckily, he was given an opportunity to, to run run the room and and run the the you know practices and things like that and we saw enough from it and it basically confirmed what we thought and had us give us an opportunity to, to meet with some others and and talk with them and uh, possible candidates and and also 
you know, see see the the status of our our position, and then it gave us a chance to look at all the other positions and see if there's any adjustments or things that we need to do uh, to get the best um, assistant hired. And I think with the timing and with everything that was going on, it, it all made made a lot of sense. There's a lot of great candidates that could have came in here and done that, done the job well. But uh, I think he's a perfect fit for what we're trying to get to right now and keep that room running. And, and I've been really impressed with Harvey and his teaching. Been around him for pretty much his whole life, you know. And so seeing him uh, doing the things that he did as a player didn't really surprise me at all. And so uh, I think he's got a huge trajectory for what he can accomplish as a, as a coach and looking forward to seeing that and be a part of his career. Your first year as the defensive coordinator at Utah was 09, right? Uh, yes. So your first year is Harvey's <laughs> junior year. Yeah. What was it like defending that guy from the other side? Hey, listen, I committed Harvey when I was at, when I was at Utah, okay? <laughs> and so uh, Lance Reynolds and the rest of them came in and, 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 and Bronco, and they did a great job at, at convincing him to go there. So uh, – uh, and and now I'm glad that he did that. I, but I totally understood, you know, and and I think Lance knew me and um, knew my connection with with BYU. And so I mean, it was interesting. Lance told him it, we're in a home visit, and Lance said, "Hey, um, just to, to Harvey, just ask Kalani what he truly feels about BYU." And <laughs> we're in a home visit, and he asked me, and I start cheering up. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's not coming here!" And, and so um, yeah, it was it was a, a really cool experience. But you know. I think recruiting is about helping the young man find the best spot for him, and and I've I've been around a lot of great recruits and seeing them choose to be on certain schools and and making sure they have the perfect fit. I think is really important for me as a, as a coach and and as a, as a possible mentor. Micah Simon posted earlier today that he ran a four three five forty and it was laser timed among all of his other laser time drills and. They, too, your seniors that are graduating look to pursue future NFL careers are all in this unprecedented situation trying to get noticed. Um, what, what do you say to those guys uh, as they try and prepare to take that next step and do so in what feels like impossible scenarios? I think they know um, that they are important to us. And, and, and uh, I can tell you that talking with Tom, uh, Tom Homo, it, the NFL is important for our players, and so he's worked through a bunch of different scenarios, and he's working with our NFL liaison, Jason Nayu, and and with our DFO, John Swift, and we're working through some things and trying to see what we can do with the NFL scouts to help our players be in a position to get ready for the draft. You know, I think um, them doing this, and, and it's just showing that what they've been doing this whole time, and uh, the speed that, that we see from our guys, it's not surprising to me. And so I just... I wanted them to get out there so they can the NFL scouts can see this and and I think this uh, when they see the the numbers and they see how hard these guys have worked throughout the years I think they'll be really impressed with the progress that they've made since their senior year in high school. Late bloomer for sure, but uh, fun to see him run fast. Okay, Kalani, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming. You guys are on. awesome. Go Kooks. Love you guys. Got it, man. Okay, coming up, how close were we or not to nailing our basketball season projections? And our BYUSN best play of 2020 bracket continues with our second matchup. Who's moving on? This is BYU Sports Nation. Are you jonesing for BYU Sports games? Hey, we are too. You can go to the BYU TV app, BYUtv.org. The other day, Spencer watched the 91 San Diego State football game, a classic, right? Nothing better than a tie, except a win. All of these are on the BYU TV app. You can check them out whenever you want. What's fun is you learn things that you otherwise would not remember, like Marshall Falk could leg press 
985 pounds as an 18-year-old freshman. I don't believe that that's true. <laughs> I don't believe that. I'm sorry. That's. I heard that no. and I was like, what? No. I rewind it twice just to make sure I heard it the right way. No, that's not he a real thing, right? He almost 1,000 pounds as an 18-year-old freshman. I mean, he is one of the NFL all-time greats. and Wow. That's um, unbelievable. Yeah. Man. Hey, let's keep things rolling. Just spoke with Kalani Satake. Fun conversation there with the BYU football head coach. What's the future of BYU football like? How does he coach his team in this shutdown? You can hear it on the podcast. Now, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Sports. The Tokyo Olympic Games will be postponed until 2021. The United States hasn't dropped out yet, but there was pressure from multiple countries to not participate at this point. Football. Micah Simon, don't call him Mika Simmons anymore, especially because he ran a 4-3-5 laser time 40 at the Atlet Sports Pro Day last week. That Pro Day was filmed for NFL scouts to view because of other Pro Days that have been postponed or canceled in light of this pandemic. Simon also had a 3.99 shuttle drill and a 6.67 second three-cone drill. Good luck to Micah as he pursues an NFL career. Gymnastics. Sadie Miner was named the 2020 MRGC Vault Specialist of the Year. She's also the on the all MRGC Vault first team with juniors uh, Abby Miner and Avery Bennett named to the Vault second team. Volleyball. Will Stanley moves on in the off the block top of the class tournament bracket as a six seed defeating 11 seed Rob Chatterton of Lindenwood. Seven seed Miki Yaukiainen. Miki Yahiainen competes against 10 seed Calvin Mendy of Penn State today. Good luck to Miki. Rob Chatterton, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Doth desire the hand of Miss Darcy. It's all about brackets, Jerem. Even yes, in volleyball. Is. Everybody's got a bracket, including yep. us. Yep. We have a BYU Sports Nation best play of 2020 bracket specific to football and basketball. The top eight plays in each side going head-to-head to find out what you BYU Sports Nation think is the greatest play of the 2019-2020 season. Yeah, with football and men's hoops, uh, top 16 plays, as you mentioned, top eight football and basketball. We had our first matchup yesterday. You can go and vote every day, uh, each weekday, on vote.buatv.org, and we will announce the results, including the winner from yesterday. So let's go there. Yeah, Micah Simon's 64-yard catch against Tennessee, the Rocky Top revival against Zach Selyus's steal. On the baseline, outlet to Jake Toulson for three in that memorable game against number two ranked Gonzaga. And the final tally is 76% choose the Micah Simon 64-yard catch. Not surprising. It's one of our top seeds, if not the top seed, knocking off Celius and Toulson's That was a 1v8, so uh, understandable on that. It's a great play from uh, Zach Selgis and Jacob Toulson, uh, but alas... Mike Simon, on the, on the day he announced he ran a 4-3-5. Here's a look at the overall bracket. Uh, if you have a microscope, you can uh, check it out. And, and uh, Simon moves on. Not, un- not unexpected. I expect Simon to be in the final. All right. Micah Simon moving on. What about today's matchup, Jerem? Okay, let's talk about it. The number two seed on the hoop side of the bracket is TJ Haas hitting the game winner on November 15th at Houston. Inbounds to Haas. With three seconds, Haas pulls up, fades away. Yes, yes, yes. It's hard not in that moment to be in this register. Oh, incredible. It was so exciting. So exciting. Shep on the call there with Mark Durant. Mark Durant's arms raised. The hug from TJ just turns, and there's Mark. <laughs> Poor Jason's, like, separated. He's not part of the... Uh, 
hugging process. That was <laughs> the initial first real special domino to fall this yes. season. It's like, oh, this team has something. They yeah. have something. Yeah, it was like, oh, wow. That was, I, and that game was on, uh, like, I watched that on Watch ESPN and, like, on the app, it was delayed. I'm all nervous. Twitter's ahead. You know, it was crazy. Outstanding. All right. TJ's buzzer beater at Houston goes head-to-head with the seventh seed on the football side. This is an incredible play by Chaz Ayu that really, I think, should have won the game for BYU against Toledo. Watch this. Late in the play clock, they go. With five on the play clock to give to Kobach. Kobach gets to the second level and has another first down for Toledo to the 20. Ball comes loose, and the Cougars have it. Cougar football! The Cougars have it! They knock it loose and recover. Chaz Ayu with just a man play, rips the ball out mid-run from Toledo's running back and gives BYU a chance to win the game. It happened so fast, it was hard to know that it wasn't actually knocked out. It was just taken away! It was Zach Selyus away. Chaz Ayu pulled. Uh, no, Zach Selyus pulled a Chaz Ayu. So go to vote.buatv.org and vote on these two plays. The Haas game winner at Houston against the Chaz Ayu strip recovery. Listen, there are seeds. We've thought about this hard. It's going to be hard for uh, Chaz Ayu's play to take down TJ Haas. But who knows, man? Who knows? So vote. We'll tell you the winner on tomorrow's show. Coming up, our basketball preseason projections recap. And Kerry Roberts on how to effectively coach a team, the BYU women's golf coach, gracing us with her presence in Studio B. This is BYU Sports Nation. And when they took down Danny Ainge. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get the show on demand. You can Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and review. It is our pleasure to welcome in the head women's golf coach at BYU, Carrie Roberts, one of our favorites. Coach, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Before the winter and spring sports shutdown, you took a trip to New Zealand with your team, and you were just telling us a story. Danny Ainge, of all people, goes along, him and Brian Santiago, and they have the audacity to challenge your team. I tell you what, it, yeah, bring it on, Danny, bring it on. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, so he, I think he first picked Alicia and Anik, uh, two sophomores on our team, our team leaders, and they just destroyed him. Our girls just destroyed him, and he, I think he was so distraught. He's like, okay, wait, what just happened? <laughs> that didn't just happen. I need him again. And so he picked him again. Boom. We be- they beat him again. And then he just, I think maybe they played three times because he was just like, I have to beat him. And every time they, I mean, they just destroyed him. It was great. <laughs> a competitor in Danny yeah. probably comes out, exactly. right? Brian's very competitive. Yeah. Exactly. And Danny Ainge just sent a, a message to kind of the coaches kind of boosting us up. And he mentioned, you know, he's working on his golf game to beat the women's golf team. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Let, let's talk about how all of this has affected your team because this was a, a young but talented team, just two upperclassmen, um, one senior and an opportunity potentially to come back. We'll see, right? Anna Kennedy, just the one yeah. senior there. Um, how, how did you find out, first of all, that the season was over? Yeah, so we're on the putting green. I was helping Anik, and we're just chatting and – Honestly, we're just watching our phones. You know, Pac-12 pulls out, SEC pulls out. We're like, wow, this is crazy. And I'm like, I just hope we get through conference. And we're putting, and I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to wear this week? Because we were leaving, I think it was Thursday. We were leaving Sunday for Vegas. We had So the 
a Mexico tournament had been canceled because people couldn't travel. So this pop-up tournament in Vegas, we decided to go down. And we're on the punting green. I'm like, hey, what do you want to wear? You know, so we're trying to pick out our outfits. And literally, so practice is over, I get a text, and I'm like, season's done. And say it's canceled. And literally, it went from what are we going to wear to our season's over. Like, we're done. It was just it – was, it took a while for it to sink in. You know what I mean? I had, it took, honestly, a couple of days for me to process, like – no, 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 no. April's going to come. We're going to win conference and we're going to move on. You know what I mean? It, it just, it, it still is just kind of like, come on. Yeah, it's, it's not real. It's still weird. It's not real. Yeah. yeah. I'm still expecting the men's volleyball team to play yeah. this week. Win a championship. Yes. Absolutely. Carrie Roberts with us on BYU Sports Nation. How do you coach your team in a shutdown like this? Because golf is an interesting sport. You can still socially distance and isolate and practice if a course yeah. is open. Yeah. But, so how do you coach your team in this circumstance? Well, we have, you know, the players went home. Alicia's home in Hawaii. Anik's in Vegas. But we send messages a lot. We've got drills to do. I've got a couple locals that we actually go out and play. Um, you know, we don't touch the flagstick ever. There's no rakes out there. You can keep your distance. That's yeah, a little people. different right now, right? Yeah. yeah, it's totally different. But I mean, we can still go play. We practice, have drills to do. Um, you know, we stay close. I love social media now because I mean, think about it. We're just now we're connected. We can stay connected, right? Facetime. You can Facetime. Hey, how do what, what? How does this look? Yes. You know, this is so. the most unique and I guess best setup technologically to interact during Absolutely. any pandemic yeah. in the history of the world. Yeah, right? the whole team can be on. You one can still communicate. And watching. Yeah, it's awesome. Right. We can be learning what's going on in other countries. Right. Totally. When the Spanish flu is ravaging in 1918, they don't know what's going on yeah. elsewhere. Right. So yeah. it's certainly unique that way. My mom brings the flu up all the time. Well, in the flu, in the Spanish flu, you know, they went outside. You got to get your kids outside. So, okay. Well, okay. We'll like, wait, outside. you can't. Be, you're not that. Oh, wait yeah, I was like, wait, wait a second. Wait a minute. Um, with how many how many scholarships do you have in women's Six. golf again? Six. So we don't know all the details relative to. Okay, it's a spring sport. Women's yeah. golf ends later. Um, if Anna Kennedy wants to come back, the NCAA yeah. is going to allow her to come back. Um, I guess what questions do you have as a coach relative yeah. to those details? Well, will it affect scholarship minimums? Right. So I mean, that affects everything. We're just literally every decision I think hinges on that. Like what. What are the consequences of people coming back? Can they come back? Will there be limits? Will there not be limits? Meaning more scholarships. Yeah. On a team, given that you'd have seniors. Yeah. Well, if seniors come spots. back, then yeah, it takes away. So we have to make it work somehow, or just get rid of the minimums. Honestly, just get rid of the minimums and 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 have as and many, let them come back. Just those seniors would add to your total. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So we have six. Yeah. Right. So you'd so, have seven on scholarship. Potentially, if Anna yeah. came back. Yeah, but those six scholarships, you can break them up. So I, gotcha. I, I can have 24 people on my team if I want. Gotcha. Would. That's yeah. what men's volleyball does. Yes. They have a four and a half. Baseball, yeah. 11.7. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. gotcha. But if a senior's coming back and a freshman's coming in, you go over that six. So I can split up six. Does that make sense? Yes. So it all, de- it all deter- you know, NCAA, if they let us have that minimum or not, or if they waive the minimum, kind of determines what seniors will do. Hmm. We just asked Kalani Sataki about his spreadsheet with football and managing all those scholarships. And all those missionaries that could be coming back. Insane. Out of control. Insane. Out of control. Okay, your team was ranked 62nd last I saw out of 261 Division I golf teams, and that's with a young squad. You've been in the top 25 recently. What's working so well for your team, even having a majority of younger players? Yeah, I love the young. You know, we're young. We we start two sophomores, one freshman, um, and it's starting to click. 
you know, and that's where I was just kind of like, no, come on, Corona, you know, like we were starting to play some really good golf. We had a really good fall and that's what happens with a spring. I mean, a, a young team, right? You're kind of up and down, like, you know, our fall third or third round average was like 281. Like, think about that. I mean, I guarantee that's probably the best in the country. And, but our first round was probably one of the worst in the country, you know, so it evened out. And then, but we had a lot of positive Alicia one as a sophomore, you know, we had some really good things going for us. You know, they work hard. They're motivated. And I tell you what, when you get them all on the same page, like working towards the same thing, that's when magic happens. It's awesome. Just put Danny Ainge on the competitive side <laughs> and uh, let, him, let him go to work. Or something. I sent him that video. I uh, I don't I think it was SportsCenter just posted him making that last second shot or whatever. And I sent it to the girls like, oh, my gosh, whoa. And I was like, yeah, check out the shorts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Fun, yeah. Great stuff. Carrie, it's great to have you in studio. Thanks for having me. Uh, we appreciate your uh, optimism and uh, the hope. Always forward. bring good stories. Yeah, we great. appreciate The vibe that. is good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having thanks, me. Coming up, who gets today's rise and shout out? And how well or awful did Jeremy and I do on our BYU Hoops preseason projections? We face the music next. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Guess who's back? BYU Sports Nation, that's who. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, or if you use Bing, do whatever you do on Bing, uh, and you can get the podcast. Okay. By Googling or, or Binging. Binging it. Yahooing it. <laughs> hey, kid, remember this. Yahoo. I love that movie. Frequency. I love that movie. 99. Dennis Quaid, man. 99. No, no, not Dennis Quaid. Or is it Dennis Quaid? Yes. Yeah, that's right. 99. That's right. When I peaked as a person. <laughs> Jeremy, we've been avoiding this for as long as possible. We but, have? Um, now, we, uh, now we're going to do it. Let's go. Uh, it's time it. to find out how good or bad our BYU basketball preseason projections were. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's go. Starting with the leading scorer. Jeremy, I said it would be Yoli Childs at 20 points a game. I said Yoli Childs, 18.3, and you win because he was 22.2. You were close to the pin. Actual victory. Yeah. So point to me there. Okay. No, That's all moral victory, but yeah. On to the leading rebounder. I had Yoli Childs at 9 or 10 a game. Way to be specific. I said 10 plus. He averaged 9. Yoli, one more a game, bro. <laughs> Another point for me. Okay, so I'm up to nothing. I like what we're doing so far. Oh, you like because it it's good for you. Uh huh. Nice. Exactly. Convenient. That's exactly right. Leading three point shooter by makes. I yeah. said TJ Hobbs would be the guy with 60. I said uh, Jake Toulson would make 61, and Jake Toulson made 85. 80. So I was right by guy. So there you go. 85. Okay, so Jim gets his first point. Yeah. Leading three-point shooter in attempts, I had T.J. Haas with 162. I had Jake, uh, Jacob Toulson at uh, 150. He had 181. So I get it because I had the right guy again. Okay, so we're now 2-2. Blank will lead BYU basketball in fouls this, this year. This is the Nate Austin Award. Uh-huh. I said Colby yeah. Lee would have the annual Nate Austin Award with 70 fouls. I said Connor Harding, 72. That was a dumb pick. <laughs> Connor Harding? <laughs> I thought he'd play the four a lot. We were confused on to, okay, Gavin Baxter's hurt. How much? We didn't think Colby Lee would be Colby Lee mm. at this point, right? Mm. So Dalton Nixon was the actual leader at 78. No points Dalton. awarded, and may Jimmer have mercy on your soul. I, yeah, I award you no points. <laughs> the regular season record 
Now, this one I felt pretty good about. I got some oohs and ahs when I picked it. I said BYU would go 23-8, and 10-5 and in non-conference, knowing that Yoli Childs was going to miss the first nine games, 13-3 and in the West Coast Conference. I said 21-10. and BYU surprised all of us, right? They were three games better. Uh, they were 24-7, and so you get the point. You're okay. one game off. Point Spencer, back in front 3-2. The record versus St. Zaga in the regular season. I had BYU winning two of those games yeah. against the Zags and Gales. Uh, I said one and three. I, I thought it'd be uh, tough to get two, and uh, it wasn't. It was really easy. Again, this is in the regular season. The actual <laughs> was two and two, so I take a point there. Up 4-2, West Coast Conference record versus non-St. Zaga. We both went 11-1. Yeah. and one. Yeah, baby. Let's go, oh, man. And, and the one was a one-point loss at San Fran. Okay. Rice Aroni. Next one. BYU will finish blank in the West Coast Conference. I said tied for second. They finished second. Yep. I was initially awarded no points, but then I battled and got a half point out of that because it was a tie for second. So nice. I have a half point. There. I said third. I thought St. Mary's would be better. But Kay. BYU was better. Uh, and the last one, we were both way off. BYU will play in the blank tournament in the postseason. I thought NIT, man. I, I, I had PTSD from the previous uh, four yeah. years. I, thought, I said BYU would be on the bubble, probably in the NIT. And we were both right because they'd – Oh, man, the season didn't happen. <laughs> Dang it. Final score. I had five and a half points. Jeremy with three. 3.4. But you won the and one regular Yeah, season. no one cares about this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Question of the day. Back to BYU football, specifically to Taysom Hill in the NFL. What is his ceiling in the National Football League? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Mark Schwartz on Facebook. If Taysom gets a shot, he'll probably be a solid starter. His ceiling is probably borderline pro bowler. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Today's rising shout-outs, The Rock. They're men's hoops impersonations. If you haven't seen these, go look on Twitter. The Rock is tweeting out these impersonations of individuals. Alex Barcelo, Jake Toulson, Zach Sayers, Colby Lee. They're really funny. My favorite is the clapping from Alex Barcelo. Yes, just in your face, competitive. Love it. So intense. Jake Toulson talking to opposing coaches. (laughs) Love it. Our thanks to today's guest, Kalani Satake and Kerry Roberts. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Danny Ainge, who is very, very competitive and working hard on his game so he can take on BYU women's golf again. Yeah. We'll see you for BYU Sports Nation tomorrow, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific.